Sucktastic is a podcast about bad movies and the people that love them. But it's more than just a podcast. It's an also an online presence. If you want to know more about Movie Sucktastic or want to become a part of Movie Sucktastic, you can find us on Facebook. You can find us on Twitter at Movie Sucktastic. You can find our blog at boothreviews.blogspot.com. Or if you want to give your own reviews that we might use on the show, you can go to reviews.moviesucktastic.com and check out our, our own little lunch.com community for Movie Sucktastic. Check us out and become a part of the show because the only thing more fun than a bad movie is sharing it. playing at these select theaters. You're listening to Movie Sucktastic.
furthermore, you can all go fuck yourselves. We'll do it live. We'll do it live. Fuck it. Do it live. I can. I'll write it and we'll do it live. Fucking thing sucks. Hello out there. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Mm. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome to a, a um, what's the word, late episode of Movie Sucktastic. That's right. It feels like it's been a while since we did one of these, but it hasn't. It's been about a week. It's only been a couple of days beyond, yeah, a few days. Not a week, not a whole week. No, no. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, uh, this episode we're going to be reviewing a movie challenge for the first time in a long time. And yes, that's yes. Scott's challenge to me of <laughs> of going ape. <laughs> you son and, of a bitch. You I don't even know what to and, call you at this point. Dude, all I know is I was watching a movie and I thought of you. Oh great. Would it be that uh, the the one WAP character in the in the movie is called Joey? That I didn't even notice that until like halfway through the movie. I'll be honest. Oh really? Oh, you know, three three thousand dollars a lot of clams. Yes, it's a lot of fucking clams. You fucking mook. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, son of a bitch. <laughs> for 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 those listening who who may not be know for, for and and for this episode we're going to be talking about going ape. Uh, then right. uh, we're going to go back to, to Dark Knight Rises because I actually saw it yesterday. Ooh. Ooh, yes, yes. I forgot yeah. to get glue it. And then we're going to talk about the top ten. We've got the top ten list coming up. Uh, we're released tonight's recording on Sunday, so we have a fresh top ten to go over and be depressed about. Yes. But, yes, uh, uh, Going Ape is a – I remember watching it as a kid on cable. It is a 1981 uh, Tony Danza vehicle. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, and I don't know. They thought that uh, the chemistry between Tony Danza and Danny DeVito were so good, they got Danny DeVito to be in the movie too. From be from a taxi, I mean, from yeah, from mm -hmm. a taxi, a taxi, <laughs> from a taxi. And he he didn't play Italian. He played like Scandinavian or something, Lithuanian or something weird like that. Um, yeah, right? uh, you know what? I'm not sure. His, his he wasn't was... he wasn't doing Italian accent. It was not Italian. You know what? His, was that, it could, was that it could have been. It could have just been a. It could have. Well, his name is Laszlo. So uh -huh. I don't know what the fuck that is. I, I've never heard the name Laszlo in the Italian language. I've never. I don't have a relative that's, that's named Laszlo. I, I just doesn't mean it doesn't. It doesn't exist. But I the accent he was doing. I don't think he was going for t Italian. He didn't have to. Everybody else was nailing it perfectly. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> now. Yeah. Tony Danza. Now, this came out uh, in 1981, yep. which was the halfway point of his um, role of, uh, what, what was his character's name on t Taxi? Oh, um, you know what? He's played Tony. Was it Tony? <laughs> I'm pretty sure it was Tony. And, um, you know, in Who's the Boss, he was also Tony. His wide I'll pull, range I'll pull it up now. I'll let you know. But uh, so he it was in the middle of his his stint in t Taxi, or as I like to think of it, the peak of Tony Danza's career, because really after Taxi, the only thing you ever really did of note beyond that was who's the boss, right? So so is he really much yeah, like his Scott? His name was Bento. Tony Banta. 
Yeah, you're right. It was Tony, right? So much yeah. like much like Scott Bayo, he never really got behind his own personality, and uh, so this came out right when my screen widescreened. Sorry, I'm looking and at I'm, like all the things he's done in his career. He's been uh, Tony, uh, like yeah. ten or fifteen times. Well, he did oh. his uh, off-Broadway st- stage thing, or his, his like Vegas stage thing, Atlantic City stage thing. Yeah. And I remember going through the newspaper and seeing it. It was like a little song in Danza. <laughs> and that—that's when you know, like you, you know, just. And I've heard he's a complete dick too, but that's neither here nor there. I've heard that. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> so it's not hard to you know guess. I guess I'd be a dick too if if, if I peaked at in Taxi and Going Ape. Well, I you know? mean, you know, he did have Who's the Boss for a few years. I think that's pretty that's, much when he when he was done with Who's the Boss, his not his career was pretty much over when he I, was I think done. It was over behind it. I I don't you know. No, he was, Who's the Boss was a gigantic hit for years. It was a gigantic hit, but I mean, as far as I don't know. I mean, well, it, it doesn't it, matter it, it, if he's it, acting well in it. It's whether or not it's a hit. Um, but did it stand the test of widescreen? <laughs> did it stand the test of time? That's the question. Who's the boss? Yeah. What TV show in the 80s really did? If you really, truly look back at a lot of 80s television shows, you don't go, oh, you know, that was a great show. You don't... 80s TV, for the most part, was garbage. Almost all around. As opposed to now. (laughs) Now is... Now is a whole different ballgame. I mean, you know... So anyway... Anyway. Came out in 1981. 1981. Middle of the Taxi, and a year after Any Which Way You Can. So America was still gripped in, in, in the... Uh, monkey fever. Monkey fe- Clyde mania, if you will. Yep. yep. And so what's funnier than one monkey, but... Or three. Orangutan. But three, right. So they had three monkeys, and then uh, uh. two... two uh, And then Tony Danza to round it up to four. There you go. And then, you know, it's... It, the whole idea is, is is watching a you know animals running around the screen being funny, and then you have these three monkeys too, and it's just there's really not much going on in the film except the basic plot being uh, now the basic plot is his uncle Max dies and leaves him five million dollars. But no, it's his the, father. That was his uncle, his father. No, it's his father. It's his he father. refers to him as Max the whole movie, even though right. it's his father. He didn't get along with him. Uh, he's selling slivers of uh, baseball bats and stuff. <laughs> he's just cutting he's con- it out of his desk. Yeah, he's a con artist, right? He's a con artist, scam artist, more like. Uh, but yeah. he, anyway, he's in, he inherits five million dollars, but the rules are he has to take care of these three apes for a year. And if any of them dies, he loses all the money. And the, the remaining ones go to the zoological foundation, and the zoological foundation decides they want the money, so they they put a hit out on the monkeys. And they only need to kill one of the monkeys. Right. So then, and of they, course, they you know, hide. every goodwill usually will have a stipulation of natural causes, but this one doesn't. And and every you good, know. and every good, uh, every good hitman, of course, is Italian. And so when they decide to not knock off the monkeys, they go to the uh, local Italian restaurant and pick up uh, Joey. Yeah, and Joey. <laughs> and Frank Severo, whose and what, name whose name is Bad Habit. That's his name in the movie. So when he tells him, when he goes like, hey, you know, you know, $3,000, a lot of clams. And he's like, hey, a bad habit. Now, when I saw the scene, and I'm thinking, all right, he's just saying, oh, you open your mouth too much? 
you know. And I guess it's a take on that too. Uh huh. But I just didn't think his name was fucking Bad Habit. They couldn't come up with a fucking name for this mongoloid. I I thought it was original. <laughs> mongoloid. I think you're being harsh, Joey. Am I? Am I? Well, really? tell me, tell me, Joey, as as, yeah. as an sure. Italian American, mm. what 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 are your feelings on the um, broad stereotype casting of the Italian characters in the film? Now, now Tony Danza as well, notwithstanding. Surprisingly, I, I think Tony Danza was the least stereotypical Italian in the film. As far as his demeanor and the way he delivered his lines, it was it seemed like it was less New York, Brooklyn, you know, Bensonhurst, you know, type character than he pretty did, much he everything this, else he's he done. Little, he didn't do this at all. He didn't do that at all. Nowhere in the film did he do that. The fucking goons in the restaurant did it 50 times by the time they got their fucking calamari at the table. Is that does he? Oh, come on. You're fucking killing me with this challenge. I have to be... I have to yeah. be I, I laughed at the Italian characters because I kept thinking what you were going to say about them. <laughs> and I did laugh at the monkeys because, damn it, orangutans are funny. I don't care. I, I think the, a lot of the stuff they did were funny. When the, when the one monkey goes, <laughs> I love that. <laughs> or how about when he, his bottom lip smacked with his top lip where he's going, <laughs> whatever yeah, that like, was. Yeah. Yeah. Monkeys I are don't know. funny. I think they're funny. Uh, I think the movie is dumber than words can describe. The whole plot structure of the film is just absolutely horrendous. Not for one second do I believe that the whole gist of the movie is he gets five million bucks as long as he takes care of these monkeys. Right. I, I mean, come on. Really? That's, that's, now, that's the idea? You get three monkeys? They revolved the whole movie around the three monkeys because monkeys were you know, popular at the time. That's it. Now, now, now oh, we got to gotta sneak the monkeys into, uh, you know, we got to sneak them into the, the, the apartment complex. Right. And all he does is talk about his landlord the whole time. Oh, if I get caught, Mush Mushnik? No, um, no, it was uh, it was Zabruski. Right. Yeah, I have it some. I have it saved somewhere. But no, yeah, Zabruski. Oh, this is the scene where he actually yeah. does start to bring it into uh, the house, and then you see this monkey's like gigantic fingers come out the side. And yeah, it's it was awesome. so like alien it looked like a face hugger like the legs of a face hugger yeah as in monkeys are cool fucking now, disgusting let's, let's be like fair a mutilated Any... dick <laughs> screen cap that <laughs> let's be fair any yeah. movie that involves an orangutan as part of the plot device don't really count it on being a very clever film this you know we're you know what we're in for that you you've got you've got the any which way movies surrounding one orangutan. You throw two more into the mix, and you're pretty right. much you, all your film is going to be devoted to setups for the monkeys doing funny things. Right, right. You know, yeah. my now now now. Do you have a favorite favorite? I got, I got two questions. One, do you have a favorite part of the film? Favorite part of the movie. Um, I'm just I'm thinking back what that might be. Uh, favorite part of the film, it might be, 
I don't know. It, it, it's it for for whatever reason. I don't know why, but anytime they 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 focused on the old lady that was looking across with her binoculars. <laughs> oh, she puts her teeth in. She, <laughs> but they never actually show what she's looking at. You just get the idea of yeah. what's going. Huh? She's looking at them. No, I know, but she no. They pan to her putting the binoculars in, and then they do another shot of what they're doing. They don't ever get clever enough to show it through binoculars. Do, or, do, do you really what? need that? I mean... It seemed out of place otherwise. It just seemed there, like they... I don't know why they even bothered to throw in the neighbor looking at anything. What, well, the setup for later on when they, crawl, when they climb across to her apartment to escape. Oh, God. Yeah, but, but and do, that's, do, that's another problem I have. It just... They didn't need to do, you know, I don't know. They didn't even need to do that. They should have just crashed into her apartment and had monkeys running around and her screaming. It would have been funnier. They're from the circus. That's the whole point, Joey. And the tightrope thing. They show they no, show I, the no, individual I, walking a tightrope in the beginning, yeah. and well, so he, he doesn't walk, walk the tightrope. Yeah, he didn't walk it at all. No, what I'm saying is what they could have done was not have the old lady at all, just had them crash into her apartment, had monkeys running around all over the place, I think it would have been genuinely funnier. We could now, have, we could have not we could have not had the monkeys too, and just focused on the Italian characters. I thought that'd be hilarious for like an hour and a half. No, no. <laughs> what, what do you have against the old lady? I don't I don't see the what you're. I I don't I don't know. I just uh, weird. Fa- I mean, favorite favorite part of the film um, could be you know what? Oh. I don't have a favorite part of the film. I'm trying to think of it, and I'm having a lot of trouble doing it. Now, now hold on. Without without cheating, without looking at anything, mother... Mm, mm, You're all out of sync, out. too. It, what? You're back in sync, but you were really badly out of sync before. Right, because it was... It, it tried to change, and actually... Uh, ah. Wide fucking, fucking, fucking Skype. Technology. Anyway, I'm in sync now, though. Yes, you are. Fine. Without cheating, yes. The the, uh, the 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 Italian character Joey. Mm-hmm. Wh- what other film has he been in? Police Academy Two. Yes. Captain <laughs> Mau Mauser. Now, if there's, I knew that immediately. Movie. Immediately, I, I didn't have it, to look that up. And plus, he was I also in Police Academy Three, and then in the TV show, which I didn't know until I did research. It didn't, it didn't click for me until he actually put on the cop uniform. The cop, oh, God, really? You know what's like, funny? Oh, I when, know who that is. When he did have the cop suit on, because uh, I, I, I really did already know he was in Police Academy uh, 2, when he put the cop suit on, I'm like, oh, God, he's wearing a cop suit? <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't even typecast yet because he didn't do Police Academy 2 yet. He didn't do that till three years later in 1984. Right. It, was, it was almost like karma. Yeah. Mauser. Now, my favorite part is when they when they uh, go into the gypsy's ha- apartment. That whole gypsy scene. You know, I I would have said that, but I just I didn't like it. I just gen- I just didn't like it. I don't think there's one part part in this film that genuinely was my favorite part. I think maybe right. anything with the orangutans. I thought that was funny. So I don't have any. You know, oh, this part was funny and this wasn't. And I I just it's I think it's a terrible movie. Like a really bad film. You won, part. sir. <laughs> my favorite part of the entire film yeah. I was, it's going to be a ringtone now is during the uh, car chase Yeah, Joey, hey Joey you ain't driving so good 
Uh, or better yet inst instead of ruining it instead of ruining yeah. it you, you can always just use that for when i call oh that's what i'm gonna do yeah i mean you know because mayor does that all the time she'll or most people will do that they'll they'll give a specific person a specific ringtone like hey joey joey you ain't driving so good no you didn't put enough of a 10 accent on that the joy yeah don't joy. worry don't worry yeah, you you ain't driving so you ain't driving so good. Uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, on a scale of oh ten, where would you rate the Italian American uh, portrayal in this film? Like accurately, like one being <laughs> no. the least accurate, ten being the most accurate. No, I mean like one being the least annoying and ten being the most infuriating. The most infuriating. Um, I would have to. This probably gets a solid eight. Is that above or below Titanic? Titanic is worse. <laughs> Titanic is much worse. <laughs> it's much worse. Because, you know, when you have a, a director like Cameron who uh, doesn't know shit from Shinola, you know, about Italian anything, and he says, eh, just wing it. <laughs> and then you get somebody like Quentin Tarantino, where mm -hmm. when... They're doing the scene near the end of the film where uh, Brad Pitt is going um, uh, Arrivederci, you know, or uh, uh, I forget what else he was saying. But then you have, uh, what's his face, Schultz, where his Italian is fucking flawless and it's just perfect. And it's like, I get, see, they could have fucked that up, but they didn't. Now, to be fair, they didn't speak much Italian in Going Ape. They just did a lot of, uh, Ooh, hey, you know. Hey, hey. Oh, 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 look at this hey. calamari. Hey, jo hey, Joey, how you eat? <laughs> hey, I'm eating pretty good. Look at this calamari. Huh? <laughs> I had to use that for the opening of the show. I had to. <laughs> it's not a, it's, it's, what are you talking about? It, it's, it's mm -hmm. not a real crime. They're, they're, they're apes. You know, I got to use for the last gorilla I did. <laughs> <laughs> For a split second, I thought you were playing audio from Do the Right Thing. But... Uh, oh. oh, shit. <laughs> uh. <laughs> What's your problem, man? <laughs> oh, my God. Now, now, you just can't you get enough of this, can you? You know what scared me the most about this film? What's that? You go down the credits. I watched the credits because I was looking to see uh, who was what. And um, near the end, mm -hmm. uh, they have Sosimo Hernandez as the flugist. The flugist. I was like, what the hell is a flugist? So I Googled flugist mm -hmm. and I came up with nothing. <laughs> and that scares me. When, when you, I Google anything and get, like, get nothing... That, bother, that really scares me. So I had to do, like, real research. And from what I can tell, Flugist, I-S-T, possibly should have been, uh, I don't know, uh, could have been, e maybe it should have been E-S-T, maybe they spelled it, maybe whoever did that tried to spell it wrong. There is a thing called a flugelhorn. Okay. So I'm assuming in the opening uh, three-ring circus funeral sequence, which, uh, Oh, there was there were a couple of good lines there. I liked a couple. <laughs> it's really bad eighties humor. 
Uh, but I'm assuming someone was playing a flugelhorn during the event. And somehow they got billing above the elephant girl, but below the clowns. <laughs> clowns got higher billing than the flugist, but the flugist did get billing over the elephant girl and the strongman. Ah, so uh -huh. now, well, you know, I'm not surprised that they got that wrong because in the IMDb synopsis, they say his name is Oscar when his name is actually Foster. So it doesn't that doesn't surprise me the least in the least. Yeah. Did you go to the IMDb site for the orangutan Manus from the, uh, who's, you know, any which way you can Clyde? No. If you Should go I there. Have? No, no, you shouldn't know because there's nothing there. It literally just lists his uh, movies, and then uh -huh. under trivia, is an orangutan. <laughs> no kidding. Aware of that. And that's that. really it. That's really it. They don't even list any which way uh, you can under his credits. Just any which way but loose, and any which, and then Going Ape, Cannonball Run, and then some TV should think with Joan Rivers. Ooh. Yeah. Uh -huh. But yeah, the most intriguing thing for me this film was I, I, I spent like a good half hour trying to find out what the hell a flugist is. Because <laughs> he got billing, so it's got to mean something. Yeah. But So, I mean, there really isn't much to this film. There really isn't. It's a <laughs> shitty plot. Except he, he, gets, he gets an inheritance. The Animal Society gets the money if one of them dies. And like I said, they don't put any stipulation in the will if the monkey dies from natural causes. You get to uh, see Tony. You get to see uh, Tony Danza shirtless and in his underwear. And in his underwear. And you get to see Danny DeVito in his underwear, but you get to see a lot more of him further in his clear anyway. Yep. Um, you get to see gorillas. You get to see uh, Battle of the Sexes, 80s, New Age uh, female stuff. You get to see uh, nun costumes. Always fun. Now... What's interesting is I'm watching this movie and the mother. Uh, yeah. I'm watching it. I'm like, she looks so goddamn familiar. And I'm like, she looks familiar. She looks familiar. She looks familiar. It's driving me out of my fucking mind. Uh, so I had to look it up. And? It's the mom from Arrested Development. Oh, yeah. I didn't know that. I mean, but it was bugging me. I'm like, I knew, like with you, with Mauser. You know, this is this my similar with me. It's like, oh fuck, she's in Arrested Development, and I just kept thinking the whole time because I think as an older woman, she's she's an attractive older woman. She's an attractive, oh. you know, younger old. Well, she's oh, she, in her forties yeah, yeah. in this. Sure, pretty, yeah, pretty damn good looking. If I do well, so, so myself, attractive older woman. Yeah, yeah. I like her daughter more though. Oh, sure. Her daughter more. Okay. So, and now, uh, that has to do with your movie challenge, by the way. Oh, you, oh, you got one in return. That's not good to sign. It, it goes on theme. Uh, oh, shit. Alone. Well, it's interesting. Well, we'll get to it later on in the show and why. You know but it's you know, the whole time. The whole time. Yeah. What I found interesting was when um, they go into the furniture factory for the big mm. fight at the end. I, I loved how when they, they follow the girls into the, the furniture factory, they immediately, like, they pistol whip, like, all seven guys working at the furniture factory. Yeah. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, spread out and boom, boom, boom. And you can they tell. Stuck, they stuck no, about all the, seven oh, guys and knock them out cold. Instead yeah. of just saying, get out of here. You know? <laughs> it, was, 
And it's like you I could tell it was PETA on the set because that circular saw moved at a centimeter per minute. Like that circular well, saw was just spinning, you know, just spinning, spinning, not moving, spinning, spinning. Yeah. It's like you just turned it on. You didn't actually move it forward. Well, but I'm sure of course, they're trying stick. to create tension going back to the blade, to the monkey, to the blade, to the monkey. And the fucking blade hasn't moved. I'm sure PETA didn't have to be there to tell them not to kill the monkey. I Are don't you think sure that had about that. Yes, I'm almost positive on that, and I'm almost uh, positive that the reason it was moving that slow was so we had a nice long fight scene. I think it's funny that there's all this tension, and I guess it was intentional, supposed to be funny, but just the fact uh -huh. that the, the switch to turn it off was right next to the monkey, so the monkey just the turned whole it time. off. Yeah. Yeah. So. <sighs> uh, so, they're in the factory. They're still trying to kill the monkey. Now... The, the actual animal society comes in along with them to, to help because these two goons can't get it done. And hilarity ensues. They don't win. He keeps the monkeys and the money. And, of course, everyone, the, the girlfriend, you know, she likes the monkeys now. The mother is actually in love with Danny DeVito. It's like, are you kidding? And then the monkeys steal the cop car. Best ending ever. Best ending ever. Yeah. Had had one of those '80s endings where the credits just rolls. They run around doing crazy stuff. Here's yeah. a question for you. Uh huh. The morgue scene. Oh. Okay. <laughs> when they hide under the blankets. Yeah. To pretend to be dead bodies. Why do they strip down to their underwear? Don't ask me. Ask the writer. Sheets. And how about how about bonus points for the most awkward naked female corpse scene ever? <laughs> the whole time I'm thinking she's going to be grabbing this blanket to try and cover her tits. Because it's like, it's, it's bad that close. It's, yeah, it's bad enough he ogles the naked girl with the big breasts, like, under the, dead, dead under the blanket. But then, like, they push the body on top of him, and it's like spread eagle on top of him. He's like, oh, Joey, help me, Joey. Oh, oh. yeah, I thought of you like, yelling this for is me. Kinda, <laughs> yeah, I'm like, scene. all right, this kind of crosses the line on humor for this film at this point, maybe? Well, the I, funny I part is, you know, it's rated PG, so, and I'm thinking, oh, is this one of those PGs where they're going to show some nudity? Because they used to get a, away with it a lot more back in the 80s, and yeah. they didn't, because it's a corpse. But if it was a chick pretending to be dead that didn't have her top, you would have seen tits. Guaranteed you would have saw tits. I'm pretty sure it was a girl pretending to be dead. You know what the fuck I mean. Hey, Joey, take it easy. Hey, oh, oh. <laughs> I'm so using it on you next time we go somewhere. Joey, you ain't driving so good. Yeah, tell me about it. Especially if we're <laughs> drinking all night. Hey, Joey, really? You ain't driving so fucking good. Oh, we don't. You don't do that. Stop. I, I'm making a joke. You could go I with know. it. I know. No, I'm, I'm not, not hurting anyone's happened. feelings here. No, but that implies that you would do such a thing, and I, I know that's not the case for I you. Don't, I don't person. do that. Of course not. I don't what do is that. going on with that? Um, that's really it for going ape. I mean, it's that it's is just really, really it for going ape. It's kind of a sad film you watch, and you know that none of those people look back at that film with any kind of like uh, joy or merriment or uh, or uh, you know longing or just uh, oh that was kind of cute. You know, there's there's no there's there's no positive feelings about that film in the long run for anybody mm -hmm. involved. I didn't even look at the screenwriter. It was like that kind of deal. Oh, really? Well, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. Oh, written and directed by uh, Jeremy Joe Konisberg. Kronisberg. Um, I'm going to give often you... Referred to, often referred to as the godfather of the modern ape chase movie. And oh, look, he 
twisted every which way but loose in every which way you can as well. Oh, no kidding. He wrote all three films. Well, he wrote he wrote Going Ape in every, every which way but loose. And he ah. directed, uh, he only directed Going Ape. So his writing for Any Which Way But Loose right. gave him gave him the credits to actually say, oh, he was good with that. Let's give him three monkeys and let him direct. And, and that was really the beginning of the end of it for him. That's that's all he I, ever did. Uh, I'm going to give you the mic for about 10 seconds, and I'm just going to run upstairs and get something real quick. Is that all right? It, yeah, I, I could have done that like five seconds ago when I was talking about this. All right, what, go, go ahead, go ahead. I'm, I'll be, I'll be, uh, I'll be right back. Now that Joey's gone, I have the calm. <laughs> Ow! All right, yeah. Hey, everybody! Welcome to Cooking with the Papa Giuseppe! <laughs> Hello! Your name is Scott! Excuse me. Excuse me. It's okay if I talk, alright? <laughs> anyway. I figured because you guys are doing uh, this movie uh, going, uh, going what? What's, uh, how do you say going ape? I think that's how you say in uh, the Metagon language over there. Anyway, what I decided to do, I wanted to do cooking with the bigger wop. Me, Papa Giuseppe. <laughs> <laughs> now, I got a recipe over here because you're doing a going ape. I figured we'd do a bananas foster, but I like to call it bananas fosterelli because, you know, I'm making it. What about that's, what I, that's what I like to do, you know? What about, banana, what about bananas fonzarelli? Hey, I love it. Bananas Fosterelli! Anyway, what you gotta do is you gotta get your pan nice and hot. You know? You gotta throw a little butter in there. You throw a little brown sugar. And you make a nicer sauce. Oh, like my grandmother used to make, you know? And you put it all together with a little rum and a little vanilla. A little cinnamon. It's a sauce! Okay. Only you fucking metagons from this country call it gravy. Us true Italians, we call it sauce or ragu. But it's not what I'm making over here. What the fuck are you talking about? That's in a jar, right? Ragu. What? What the fuck? Come on. I'm not done. You put the bananas in the pan. You put your bananas in the pan. You cut them in half. Nice and long. Nice and neat. Because, you know, if you cut them the other way, they break apart. It looks like a shit. You throw it in there. And it comes to a nice bubble, bubble, bubble. You throw a little, you throw a little brown sugar in there, just uh, you know, the, for a little bit on top. You put it in a plate. You fucking eat it. Molto bene. It's fucking beautiful. That's all I got. <laughs> I could talk about other things, but you know, why, why would I do that? Thank you, Giuseppe. Papa Giuseppe, what the fuck? What's the wrong with you? Well, anyway, before Joey, before the other Giuseppe comes back, I want to say thank you for spending the time with me. And I just want to let you all know, I love you! Ciao! <laughs> uh, ciao? Grazie. I'm trying to leave. What the fuck are you talking about over there now? I'm trying to say grazie. I just did my big fucking exit. You said, oh, you keep on talking. Metagon over here just talk and talk and talk and talk. I apologize, Papa Giuseppe. You know, like my mother used to say, I forgive. 
but I never forget. <laughs> anyway, I'll see you all later. Ciao! Did I miss anything? No. What's the matter? No, nothing at all. What's, what's wrong? No, nothing. I'm good. You okay? Yeah. Okay. Anyway. Anyway. I got myself some nice water. I'm good to go. Are, are, are we good, Don Gisette? John, Don, Don, Guida? What? What are you talking about? I don't know what the hell you're talking about. Uh, what I miss? All right. Well, what's our what's our IMDb uh, score for for uh... the average score for this on IMDb is three point one, and okay. I think that's absolutely appropriate. Three might be a little high. The orangutans maybe might push it to, to three. Might keep it there, but mm -hmm. um... well, I, I give it one star for each ape. So three. Yeah. You know what? I'm comfortable with three. Okay, three it is. Three, three. I'm, I'm comfortable one, with three. One per ape because the apes earned their keep. <laughs> yeah. There we go. Officially rated on IMDb by Movie Sucktastic. Now, oh, speak, now speaking of Italians. Mm. Um, I did go to the Renaissance Festival recently. Oh. Uh, and. Uh, <laughs> I uh, bumped into uh, Sean Philip Hines Esquire, who was a recent host on the co-host on the show. That's right. He was uh -huh. on the Cool as Ice episode. Yes, and uh, just, since we're talking Italians, I think it's apropos to mention that, um, and I, I will post the picture on the Movie Sucktastic site. That uh, I spent the entire day surrounded by people in period costume of various periods and eras and types, mm -hmm. and the only picture I took was of myself with the Mario Brothers. Yeah, I, I saw that. <laughs> I, so I, I, I don't. Why did you do that? <laughs> because I saw them there, and I figured this is karma. I have to have a picture taken with them, and they were both like three feet tall, so it was even mm. even better. I can put that uh, right next to my picture of me with Steve Ducey. Steve Ducey. Yes, you could. You yes, I could. Absolutely could. You could. You could do. Oh, we're that. talking. We're talking about Italian entertainment, and so I figured the Mario Brothers is right up there. So, as a positive mm. Italian American uh, role model. <laughs> is that so? Oh, it, well, at the very least, it's it's a positive role model for for overweight plumbers. Wow. Stretching on that one, I think. Well, maybe I don't know. Maybe. Mm. Uh, so, do you want to give my challenge and then go to a break and come back and do uh, Batman in top ten? Uh, yeah, I can give you a challenge now. Okay, uh, so it's a t it's same theme. What, what, what no, no, theme? no, 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 no. It's the 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 girlfriend. Mm -hmm. I'm watching this movie, and just work with me here. I'm watching this movie, and I'm saying she reminds me of somebody or something. And it's just in my head, in my head, I'm th saying to myself, what the fuck is it? Then later on in the movie, she says that to her mother, that Tony Danza's character, Foster, wants her to dye her hair red. And that's when it fucking snapped. Why, and I'm it? like, she looks like the fucking chick 
in the animated uh, segment for Heavy Metal. Oh, all the segments are animated. Be more specific. It's the 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 office, or you like, know the where, animated part. Yeah, you know the animated one. Um, the fuck, I had it up. Where did it go? I fucking lost it. Papa Giuseppe, you motherfucker! He must have fucked with my shit. Ah, you did know what was going on, you liar. But I saw somebody leave. It looked like my uh, my uncle Papa oh, yeah. Giuseppe. <laughs> Uh, anyway, the girl in the... The faint aroma of olive oil still lingering. It's the one where they uh, they grab her from the Pentagon. That smiley face ship comes down, grabs the chick from the Pentagon, and they shoot her up into space, and the robot tries yeah. to fuck her. Oh, yeah. The redhead from there... The, uh, voice, the voice of the robot was John Candy, right? Yes, it was. Yes, ah, it see, was. I see. It's still up here. Um, the segment was called... So beautiful, so dangerous. And uh, the the character, the the female that well, it doesn't matter who played her, but the, the the animated character looks just like the girlfriend from this movie. And then when he said, "Oh, he wants her to dye her hair red," I'm like, "That's fucking her." I have to challenge this to you because it's the only thing I'm thinking of the whole time I'm watching this is this girl from the animated film Heavy Metal. So your challenge is Heavy Metal, the original animated film. Yep. It's interesting. Okay. I mean, it's something I, from my childhood. I don't think I can give it a bad review. I'll I'll enjoy reviewing it. I think we. I remember on this show we should review something like that. Sure. I mean, I remember back in the day, back when we were uh, teenagers, kids, what have you. Uh, the film by that weird snafu where, due to a mix-up in owner copyright ownership of the songs used in the film, because there was such a wide variety of heavy metal or rock music, so to speak. Yeah. Um. That the film was not released on video for a for long time, decades, and the only way you could see it was the only company that got rights to show it before the rights fell through on the music, Cinemax. Right. I and actually, so, I yeah, actually longest, got the soundtrack on cassette because I found it at a Tower Records because it was actually released when the film was released and then pulled. Right. And. There was, I found a Tower Records, because I was obsessed with this movie. I found mm -hmm. a Tower Records in New York that had one copy of the heavy metal soundtrack on cassette from 1981. And I went to New York and I bought it. Where is it now? I still have it. Oh, cool. That, that, that's a keeper. I yeah, but I mean, but I remember the, the, for the longest time, the only way you could get copies of it was people selling bootlegs of it recorded off Cinemax. I had a copy I recorded off Cinemax myself for the longest time right. before it finally came out in video in, uh, it was, what, what uh, late, uh, I don't remember what year it was, late 90s, early 2000? It was a while. Um, It came out on video. <sighs> had to be late 90s. You know what? It wasn't Laserdisc either. It went straight to VHS. Oh, wait, it did come out on Laserdisc. That's right. And it, it was like 95. 95, yeah. right? Yeah, it was, it was, it was mid-90s. You were right. It was mid-90s. And then I remember it came out on DVD, and it had all the extras in it. Mm-hmm. That was pretty interesting. I, uh, I'd be interested to go back and watch that again. Uh, yeah, cool. All right. I haven't seen it in a long time. I'd love to go. I'd love to revisit it. We might have to stick to some animated films after that. How, how about this? 
I'm gonna. How how about we do it since since it's heavy metal and I don't know how much we're gonna have to talk about it as far as just watching it. Mm-hmm. Can we double up? Sure. How about we do that and rock and roll? Uh, <laughs> yes. I, I would think love it's to do. Fair. I would love to fucking do rock and roll. Let's do a double. Let's do a double animated rock special. Heavy metal rock and roll. Fuck yeah, man! They're all only separated by a couple of years. Yeah, and then uh, if heavy we heavy metal if we in eighty one, rock and roll in eighty three. If we feel up to it, we'll do a uh, we'll do an episode after that on the uh, sequel to rock, to uh, heavy metal. Yeah, that's a bad. I, I never even bothered watching that. So you never saw it? No. What am I stupid? Of course you not. Never saw it. Wow. It All right. Bad, so right? Oh, oh, dude, the best well, part they, about it. No. The best part about it is Michael Ironside does the voice for the villain, and you root, at least I did, rooted for him the whole movie. You always root for Michael Ironside. I think always. so. I think so. <clears throat> hmm. Interesting that you never saw it. All right, we're going to go take a, we're going to take a very, very, very quick break. All right. And then uh, when we come back, we'll do the top ten. We'll talk about The Dark Knight Rises. Yeah. Sound good? Yep. All right, we'll be right back. Are you home alone tonight? Got no one to cuddle? Urgent, urgent for some connection? Don't worry, daddy ain't gonna hurt you. Just tune in Movie Sucktastic. Give us a call at 908-514-4470. Tell us what bad movies have been tickling you. Just call after dark. We like it that way. That was quick. Jesus. Yeah, I know. It just, like, again, I have no commercials to play. <laughs> I keep playing the same one over and over and over and over. What are you going to do? It happens. There's tons of commercials we could play. I just haven't grabbed any of them. I no, want to present the show. Give us episode lean, lean episode. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. We, 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 that, uh, yeah. We're recording on a Sunday night, which is unusual for us. So we'll, we'll keep it. We won't go, you know, crazy. Mm. So yes, I, I got around to seeing the Dark Knight Rises. I have not been in a theater to see a film since. Well, so this is a lie. First of all, it's a whole big lie. I, I I said that I have not been in a theater to see a film since Saw Seven. Okay. Which, is, but that's a lie because last week I went with Holly to see Manos, The Hands of Fate. How was that? Awesome. Fucking amazing. Now, here's here's now, a question for you. Yes. Now, I'm sure this is a question that any any fan of either uh, uh, Cinematic Titanic or Rift Track franchise will ask. If you had to choose which one was better, Cinematic Titanic 
Oh, but or you know what? It really riff tracks, or is it All so right. different but yet the same that you can you can differentiate them enough? Now, now, just to be, just so people who aren't really who some there are, I, I always I constantly meet Mystery Science Theater three thousand fans who are not aware of one or the other or both. Oh, really? It's okay. because it's not on television, so you know, so a lot of people it, it goes over the radar for these people if they're not okay. you know tuned in. Mystery Science Theater three thousand the. Uh, you have Cinematic Titanic. They do. Uh, they used to do videos. Now it's pretty much all live touring, and then they release a lot DVDs of their live performances. But for that, you have the original cast. You have Joel Hodgson, um, Elvis Weinstein, TV's Frank, uh, right. t- uh, Frank uh, B- TV's Frank, uh, Trace Ballou, and uh, uh, I keep calling them by their stage names too. And then uh, what's her name? Pearl Forrester. I, uh, right. I hate myself for that. Writing a real name, and they do the stage show, and they do all old stuff. They do this, and that's the, that's that's the cinematic cinematic Titanic crew. They, right, cinematic Titanic, which you and I went to see. We saw the right. Astral Factor, which I just found out today. I actually have on DVD, not 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 the uh, cinematic. I have the original film, the Astral Factor, on a, the actual movie, on a, in like a, a box case of like twenty sci-fi crappy films. I got for like two dollars somewhere once. Oh wow! I was just skimming the back of it. Astral Factor is like oh. <laughs> Wow, I have now, to, I have to have a copy of that. So they do just that. They go they go to uh, they go to theaters and stages and they perform live and they do audio commentary, making fun right. of the film. You watch it and it's all these older, usually seventies crappy films. Rift tracks. Uh, they do a combination of both. They do the older films, mostly shorts, but they also do Rift tracks audio commentary that you can download and then play while watching current films. One of the most recent ones they released is they did audio commentary for the uh, Breaking Dawn Part One, the Twilight series. Ah, uh-huh. oh, they also okay, did a, cool. they also did audio commentaries for Lord of the Rings, uh, the Spider-Man films, the D- Batman, uh, the Dark Knight movie. They did audio commentary for that. Well, so know, they do what I like. What I like about what they do, like say with a film like The Dark Knight, which it just no, you'll get very few people that will. We'll say that it's not a good film. It just it's it is a great movie. What they do is they'll take a scene in the movie and they'll just take a different spin on it. Like they'll make it funny. They won't right. point out like, oh, this scene was done poorly. It's let's shit on it. It's you know, it's like the Joker when he's got uh, what's her face with the knife to her throat. They'll say something witty and funny that if acting as the Joker, it's like, oh, that makes it funny. Right. So just because they're they're riffing on a film like say The Dark Knight doesn't necessarily mean that they're making fun of it because it's a bad film. They're just making it funny. And again, neither side does that either because there's only so long you can say ha ha look the set ra- the background looks like crap. Exactly. You know, it, you, you, they take humor from different aspects of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so both of them have their own niche. Uh, I I find that the cinematic Titanic crew does lean a bit left while the Rip Tracks crew seems to lean a tad right. You can kind of hear it in some of the more uh, modern or current jokes that they put in their material. Right. Uh, but Manos was great because Manos was done on Mystery Science Theater 3000, and what they did was they, they it was all new commentary, nothing repeated from the original TV show. Oh, that's great. And, they, and, they, it, it, uh, the, and while Cinematic Titanic appears live at studios or at you know stages, we saw it at the New Jersey Art Center. Uh, the NJPAC. Yeah, right. New Jersey Performing Arts, Performing Arts Center. What Rift Tracks does is every three or four months they do a live show broadcast to theaters through um, I forget the name of the uh, format they use, but it's it's a live simulcast 
directly piped in the movie theaters. Wow. So it's it's happening live, but you're watching it in the theater, and it's it's a one-time event, obviously. Right. And so it, it was it was hilarious. They did two shorts before the film, and uh, they're doing Birdemic in October. The original Birdemic? They well, did yeah. because well no because they're working on a sequel I didn't I didn't know if that was coming out no they're uh, doing they're doing yeah, commentary okay, on, on Birdemic itself yeah so yeah, that's because I not- think the the sequel to Birdemic is coming out soon I just didn't know if they were gonna tie it into that I don't know they they might be because they actually tied this Manos release with the uh, the current there is currently somebody making a sequel to Manos get the fuck out of here yeah and uh, and and speaking of Manos by the way you know because. You, um, Manos, the hands of fate. Uh, because you went to go see it, we didn't actually record Thursday night because that's when you went right. to go see it. So right. what what we did was we uh, we played the MST3K version of Manos, the hands of fate, on our live stream. So if you you can all go out to livestream.com slash moviesucktastic and watch that. Well, well, no, we shouldn't have it up there anymore, I don't think. Why not? I, I, I don't know. I, I I think we should take that down. Maybe put the original up. I, I have no problem with that. But what? come on. You're too I, paranoid. I'm not no, I'm not paranoid. I honestly I, yeah. I, I'm very protective of the uh Mystery Science Theater three thousand crew. They're, they're like uh privately owned artists and stuff and I really try to protect their copyright stuff. I don't want to sound weird here and you can cut this out if you want, but I'm not I just think cut we should... it out. I don't edit okay. anymore. <laughs> but I, I, th- I think we should take that down off the site just for and now. Just I, put the film Manos, the Hands of Fate. Well, even then, I, uh, yeah, it jets your call. Sure, we can do that. Okay. If you want, if that's your, just that's, everyone, would, you know, we'll, you know, that, Scott's yeah. the party pooper, not me. Yeah, that's right. So by the time I get to taking it down, you better all get out to the site and watch it before it does come down. Or you go to Hulu. Hulu now has a lot of the MST3Ks up, or purchase it on Amazon. Mm. And so we're, soon we're going to have an, a movie sucktastic link that you can choose to go to Amazon with, and that'll be a way to support the podcast by purchasing any Amazon purchases through our link. That's coming this week. Oh, is it? Okay. Yes. Sounds good. I've, I've been dragging my feet on that. Um, but anyway. Anyway. That was what I saw last week, and then this week at the same theater, Rave Theater uh, in uh, Pennsylvania, and uh, nice theater, and I saw The Dark Knight Rises, oh. and uh, and the film broke. Go oh, what? Now, now they don't use film anymore. It's, it's actually like digital projection. It's actually computers and stuff. So the so actual they, projector just failed. There was like a they had like a, a power fluctuation, just like you and I had it saw. Uh, six or five, five, six. Was it six? Yes, it was six. Might have been seven. Cause I think Could, I saw seven. No, it was it was six. We saw that. That's right. All the way through. Right. So that's um. I said it was six. Yeah, because the arm loan. <laughs> yeah. So I, same thing happened to me. So I got free passes. Uh, or, or was but it, it luckily- five? Chris was with us when we saw six, and then we went to the diner and, and I think it was during saw five. No, it was six. It was six because we were at the Paramus Theater. Fine. Right. All right. Sorry. Anyway. So anyway, the projector decided to uh, take a but dump. But luckily it happened at a lull, but I saw the whole film, and I was blown away. It's an awesome movie. It is. It, it, it is. Can't say enough good things about it. Yeah. And, I, it was really. And, did Catwoman right? 
They did Catwoman right. was great. She was fucking fantastic. Even had I, that allusion to the uh, to the lesbian cohort without any like really spelling out or anything. Right, right. Uh, she was a man hater. Rich, wealthy, white guys. I like that. I love it when she broke in and she just kicks his cane out from under him. He's like, ah. Oh. <laughs> she breaks into his safe. Um, no, Catwoman. I mean, that's your first introduction to her too. Uh, she right. is at a, a party at, at Wayne Manor, and she breaks into his safe, which is supposed to be unbreakable, and she steals jewels. She fucking you, that's your first glimpse of of Bruce Wayne. He's letting himself eight, go. He's got the scraggly beard. Yeah, eight years later, and right. it's your introduction to her, and she's just she nails it. Just so good. Just absolutely nails it. And you immediately like her, even though she's doing a dis- she's being despicable in the scene. She's stealing his mother's pearls, kicks the cane out from under him like he's an old man, and fucking jumps out the back door, gets a ride with some dude she met 15 minutes earlier, and it's like smooth, mm-hmm. you know. But no, nah, yeah, Catwoman was great. Now, was I right in uh, my depiction of Bane? As far as uh, he's. A good villain, but Joker was the, probably the best. Is the best villain in the trilogy. He was a passable uh, villain, right? Where, well, where I said was, Dark Knight Rises better than the Dark Knight, but the Joker is a better villain. I thought Bane was good, but he's such he's he he's a cog in you know the wheel of the whole movie. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's mm-hmm. it doesn't just come down to Batman versus Bane. There's so many moving parts that mm-hmm. it all comes together and it's not one part is bigger than the other. It's it's all these parts and they just they all fit really well. It was the same the second film had the same thing, but this one it was a little less compartmentalized where it really kind of flowed together. Now right. the, the twist the twist part as far as Bane goes, saw mm. that coming. Oh, you did? Okay. They they played that up. They they really they tipped their hand tipped their hand with the star. Yeah, yeah. As a matter of fact, I talked to somebody about it, and that's exactly what they said. They said, "Oh, oh, this person in this film is—they're uh, using this why'd person you, in a certain way." Yeah. Why'd you show me that? The minute you show right. me that, okay, something's—I know what's going on. Right, and that's exactly what they said. Oh, they're using this person in a certain way. Okay. Oh, that happened. I knew that was going to happen. Now, and but even then, though, I didn't. I didn't. I did not predict the full twist. I only predicted part of it. I predicted the part that was given away based on filmmaking techniques. I did not, I did not predict the part that was uh, buried in the subtext of the uh, narrative. Oh, okay. That part I did did surprise me. I was like, oh, that was cool. And uh, the reason why I think that part did surprise me was... See, I can't get into it because then it kind of reveals it a bit. But, you know, certain people work with certain people and it's like, okay, this director obviously likes these actors. So he puts them in his films, Mm -hmm. you know, not to not to give anything away. But it's like, oh, okay, that's why that person is in this movie, because he likes this person. Let's put him in or her in the movie, him or her. And when that happens, I kind of drift off a bit it's like okay the director you know has a rapport with this person that's why this person's in the film they found a spot to make uh for them to be in the film blah 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 so that's Mm -hmm. why it threw me off but you're right the one part i did guess the second part it's like wow that was pretty neat love joseph gordon levitt in the film you know what he you know he doesn't 
with G.I. Joe aside, I think that might have made him a wiser screen, or I should say script uh, reader. I just get the feeling that he's of the appropriate age. The reason why he did G.I. Joe was because he grew up with G.I. Joe, and he's like, well, I get to be in a G.I. Joe movie. He's done enough cool films, he gets a pass for that. No one's holding that against him. Well, what, what I'm saying is, I think that's why he was in it. Because even up until that, even 10 Things I Hate About You, it was a, you know, no. not as bad as you know some people might make it out to be. It was actually a decent flick. He's always proven himself to be a great actor. Yep. I want to see the uh, time travel film that he's doing with Bruce Willis. Oh, yeah. Um, Looper. W- Looper, where Bruce Willis is the future him. You had me at time back. travel. Well, yeah. Just him waiting out in a field. Even just waiting out in a field. They pop. Boom. Shot. Dead. Walks away. You know, Or takes the body, disposes of it, and then walks away. And it's like, wow, that's fucking crazy heartless but then bruce willis which is the future him pops up on the screen it's like well now what the fuck and then you see scenes of them talking together and it's like oh shit they're collaborating they're not going to do any time cop stuff where they touch each other they're going to melt into each other no 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 <laughs> um i'm actually looking i look forward to any sci-fi film that bruce willis does it's interesting uh yeah and have I you think... seen Hesher yet? I haven't. I know. I know. I haven't. Well, we're done talking then. That's pretty much it. Yeah. <laughs> now, now the Bane character. The one thing I will say, I, I think that uh, that's the youngest I've ever seen Sean Connery look in a role. I think you stop. I think he was... Stop it. All right. Stop it right there. Dude. You know, everyone dude. keeps doing. Everyone keeps doing the Sean Connery analogy, and it's wrong. It's Stand wrong. On. It is not. Wait. It it is completely fucking wrong. I can't wait for him to come. No, Bruce it's not. I, I'm, 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 no, all right. I'm going on record right now that the main character is not Sean Connery. Keep, stop repeating what you've been heard, what you've heard, what you've been told. It is not, dude. The first no. thing he no. did, I'm like, they captured Sean Connery. <laughs> no, they didn't. They didn't capture Sean Connery. Uh, as a matter of fact, not only did they not capture Sean Connery, but I'll go on record to say that his voice isn't i don't want to say anywhere near sean connery but it ain't fucking anywhere near sean connery like my villain shaken not stirred no you're wrong no everybody is wrong about that wrong you can you can you can i i I have to go on record with the green with the the fucking inflection is completely different all right (laughs) the uh, the tone of the voice is completely different do you want to talk fucking who's doing sean connery i'm the last dragon Talk about Jim Carrey and uh, uh, the Grinch. That is fucking same, Sean Connery. Same thing, yeah, exact same thing. It is no, you're wrong. I see. I wish I, I knew you were gonna go with that because I would have had Bane audio. There can be only one Bane. I give you permission to die. Yeah, that's exact. Just what I did there is exactly his voice, and that is nowhere near Sean Connery. Dead on. Is. Listen, you don't have an ear for that shit anyway, so. Hey, I can't you do You or anybody voices. else. I, I can't do the voices, but I hear the voices, motherfucker, and that's Sean Connery. Speaking of Sean voices. Connery. It, ain't, it ain't Sean Connery. Speaking of voices, they showed yep. they showed 17 or 18 trailers before the film started. Oh, and yeah. one of them was. Mare and I was new... in the theater. It was for half an hour. Easy half an hour. Yeah, ridiculous. But Red Dawn was one of those. Oh, was it? 
Red Dawn wasn't the one one of the ones that I saw because well, well the trailer I was just watching, the, the trailer month, just hit. Yeah, I'm watching it a month later. That's why. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they, I, I oh I came in. They showed the Born Legacy. They showed uh um I don't remember half of them now. It was just like one after the other. Boom, 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 boom. But uh, oh, that Argo, the new Argo film directed by Ben Affleck, and uh, but they that looks showed interesting. Uh, Ex- Expendables it's- two, which really was just nothing to it except just clips of everybody acting in it argo looks great i want to see argo well you know what's interesting about it is when did fucking ben affleck become one of the best working directors when the fuck did when, that happen when when the whole acting thing fell out and he he kind of got fed up with that bullshit and just went towards directing it's crazy i don't think it's crazy they, they he was talented he was all the way back when he was screenwriting and stuff he's always proved himself to be a talented filmmaker but then he he got into the whole uh, you know being the heartthrob thing, and then America fucking turned on him as soon as Jiggly came out. He was like, you know, so I, I think he had a kind of a like anybody else Jiggly. would in that situation. I, I think he had like a like a, a a professional breakdown, if you will. It was just like you know, well, fuck, I can't do anything now because everybody's harping on me. I mean, I think the first thing you really saw him in after that was smoking aces in that bit role. Yeah. You know, so I, 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 and then he did the town and stuff. So he's, he's like coming back. So, all right, you know what? Fine. Everybody's forgotten about reindeer games. Now I'll come back and do some serious films. And I'll just stay the fuck away from Kevin Smith I, since he's poison. Maybe because I haven't seen it since it came out. But I remember liking an, a lot of reindeer games. Reindeer games is a decent film. The only problem, it has one too many twists. Two too many twists. Okay. And it takes place over like a three or four day period. So after a while, I was like, okay, so this is the third night they're 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 handcuffing him in a hotel room. What the hell's going on? If they had narrowed it down to a twenty four hour time period, and they got rid of a couple of the twists, it would it was a damn good movie. I liked it. I I I, I liked it. That was William Freakin, I think. Yeah, if you want to like shit on that. a Ben Affleck film, you know, shit on Phantoms, because they've yeah. never made a good Hoons movie ever. So. You know, do that. But anyway, they showed the Red Dawn trailer. Taylor Kitsch, of course, is in the Red Dawn trailer. Is he really? Yeah, he's Taylor Kitsch is in it. That he fucking guy cannot catch a break. Because this I movie, mean, it's, it's not going to do well. It's not going to do well. It's opening up uh, Labor Day weekend. They're trying to push it at that point. Uh, John Frankenheimer did Reindeer Games. It's the other. You don't, you don't think Red Dawn's going to do well? No. Dude, I. I think, I think Red Dawn. I think Red Dawn might do 15 million its opening weekend, but I think that's about it. I'm challenging you on this. Red Dawn is going to do well. I think it looks stupid. I hate the original. I think it's the dumbest uh, concept ever. And well, I think I'll give you every, a little. I'll give you a little single... history on Labor Day weekend. The largest grossing film for Labor Day weekend, if I'm not mistaken. Is Halloween 2, the Rob Zombie version, uh-huh. with something like 22 or 24 million? Labor Day weekend is, it is a dead weekend for movies. They always put these films, or they, like the, the end of summer, it's the end of summer, dude. They always put these films in Labor Day weekend. They don't do well. Now, what's funny is whenever they put, uh, these films and they like say Halloween 2 comes out and it does like say 22, 24 the largest opening weekend for Labor Day ever and then it'll mm-hmm. say 24 million it's like what it's because it's a dead weekend Red Dawn is not going to do that well alright 
I think if it does 60 million total box office, I think that will be a lot of money for it. Now, depending on the budget, that could be a huge smash. But as far yeah. as like money maker, I don't think it's going to do as well as what you're thinking it's going to do. I think it's going to do somewhere in the range of 15, maybe 18 million its opening weekend if it's lucky. You want to take the bet? I'm good. Let's take the bet. Well, comparable to a Labor Day weekend, it's going to do very well. Well, now that I've given you the, the fucking specifics. Well, do it. I mean, well, you're going you're gonna to bitch you about it? I'm saying I'm saying it's going to do well. No, I'm, no, well, no, 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 no. I'm I mean, not going to bitch you about well. it. All, all I'm saying is before I, I gonna, gave you the specifics, you're thinking it's going to do like gangbusters. I didn't, I didn't say breaking box office records. You were going to rip gonna me a new well. one. You were going to rip what? me a new one. You were going to rip I'm me a new one. I'm saying it's going to do well. It's not going to bomb. <laughs> it's going to bomb. It's going to do well. I think you're looking at 15, 15 to 18, and then you're it's going to trail off so bad. All right, regardless, of, it's going to do number one at the well, box office. Right. Well, you know what? Let's find out what it's going up against. I'll tell you exactly what it'll do if I, if I find out what it's going up against, because I don't think it's okay. the only film being released that weekend. It's going to be number one box office because there there's a large portion of this country that actually goes for this film that actually has fond memories of the original Red Dawn, and uh, this is a big Tea Party movie, definitely. When's it's a big pro America film. Got Taylor Kitsch in it. I thought it was coming out on the twenty ninth. November 21st, dude. 21st? November 21st. I thought it was the 29th. I'm looking at here. On the 24th is The Apparition, Hit and Run, and Premium Rush. That's the one with Joseph Gordon-Levitt. That's the one okay. where he's on a bike. <laughs> Which I'll fucking watch just because he's on a bike... In, in a, an action film. Uh, then on the Michael, 31st is Lawless, Oogly Loves, and the Big Balloon Adventure, and The Possession. Why are you going to 31st? November 21st. I'm telling Wednesday, you. Wednesday, 21st. I'm, I'm on Box Office Mojo, and I'm telling you the release dates. Well, hold on a second. I, I'm looking at November 21st. I've got Life of Pi, Parental Guidance, hold on, Billy Crystal. Okay, Ooh. I got it now. I got it now. The full August. What the fuck was it giving me the condensed August for? No idea. Rise of the Guardians, which I, I I'm sorry, I saw the trailer. I'm not anti anime or animation, but uh, I, I was totally unimpressed by it. I just oh oh Santa Claus and, and Jack Frost and the Easter Bunny, you know, are are supernatural vigilantes. Wonderful, that's great. I just I still don't see it for August. I did the whole full month. I still no, don't see Red no, Dawn for August. November. November. Eighth time I'm saying November 21st is when it's coming out. I've been talking Labor Day weekend, and no one was correcting me at that point. Because I didn't I didn't look up the date on you until after you said that. And then I looked, at, and I, I, did, I just for the last minute and a half, I've been saying November 21st. Well, you know what? That changed recently. Like, extremely okay, recently. Like, within the last probably two to three weeks. Because this film oh, was always I, slated for a late August, early September release. Okay, yeah, but now it's November twenty first. November. We're going for the uh, Thanksgiving weekend. Fine. Obviously, that's that's 
a different story. Although I don't think it's, I still don't think it's going to do that well in November. No one wants to think about fucking war that close to the holidays. Yeah, have you ever met a Republican? You, you think that they're trying to harp on uh, the election, like being I, putting the movies that close to the election? Yes, I think I think that uh, there's a strong patriotic movement in this country. Uh, I mean, I'd be a part of it, but I hear I hear its rumblings occasionally, and there are very, very few uh, mindlessly patriotic films out there, and this is going to fill that hole. And you're going to see a huge resurgence. There are tons of people that still love that original film, and I think it looks like a decent remake, uh, except for the, con- the the idea that the concept still makes no sense whatsoever. And yeah, they're uh, going with North Korea on this one, right? I, I just. They had a I, fucking I, pair. They would do the Middle East, but it's too close to home, so they did North Korea. Right, because that's if that's they really big... wanted to do like what they did with the original Red Dawn, with the Cold War and all that shit, they would have, you know, back then was the Russians. This time around, want... it, it should be the Middle East if they were going to go by the original films. Yeah, but I think. Uh... I well, no, they're not. They're obviously not going to do that. Yeah, this country has gone so po- politically correct. No, that's in the just last two decades. Smart. That's just uh, called being smart. <laughs> you well, don't know. see by you, you know what by by making it North Korea, they can sh- attempt to show this film in the Middle East. They can show it everywhere, in the surrounding areas. Well, everywhere but North Korea. They're not oh, going to be happy. North, I don't think I don't think we have a huge influx into North Korea anyway with our films. Probably I'm, I'm pretty not. sure. I think they control Probably that a little not. bit. When did they change the release date on that? Um, recently. You know what? I'm still going to go with my 15 to 18 million opening weekend. I'm still going to go with that. I'm, I'm, predict- I, I'm not giving a monetary amount, but I'm predicting number one at the box office. Very, very you know least, what? Very Doubtful. least number two. Very least number two, only because Rise of the Guardians opens and, and animation, animation always trumps because you got, you're doubling your, your income and it's 3D movie two. I'm pretty sure. Well, there, there's five movies going wide for that day in November, the 21st. Life and of Pi. No one's fucking seen Life of Pi, so ignore that. Then you've got well, Parental Games, which has Billy Crystal in it, so automatically that's you can want that's a toss off. No, I'm thinking Rise of the Guardians because it's a kids' film. Will probably that's what I just be. Said. Yeah. What? Oh, that'll I, be the I, number one. You know what? Red Dawn by by default. You're probably right. Will be the number two, but. Depending on how many people flock to Rise of the Guardians, Red Dawn might be just forgotten about. Red, no, no, Red Dawn's not completely. Be your, Red Dawn's going to be your strong non-toddler film. I don't think so. I, well, that's why that's why I'm challenging you. I'm saying it's going to be it's going to be a strong number two, or it's going to be number one. Twenty million or less. I'm going fifteen, eighteen, but that's smart. Me. You know, what's, what's, what's interesting is this is yet another film that was made by MGM that was shelved because of their money problems. Mm-hmm. This film was supposed to be released probably around the same year as Cabin in the Woods, which uh-huh. was around 2009 or so. Um, and it just got shelved. And it's Chris... What's his face? Chris... Uh, hey, I wrong? I could have sworn that was Taylor Kitchen the film. Maybe I'm wrong. No, it's Chris Hemsworth. That's for some reason I thought that was Taylor Kitch. All right, never mind. So it's Chris Hemsworth, uh, the guy who played Other? Thor. Obviously, he That's ha- obviously had some contract with MGM because he was also in Cabin in the Woods that was shelved, 
And then right. he was in this, was shelved. Um, and I don't know they what else put, he's done that might have been shelved by MGM. but They should put him and Taylor Kitchen in the same film. Well. they Those two should have done the 21 Jump Street remake together. <laughs> uh, the difference between Taylor Kish and Chris Hemsworth is at least the movies that Chris Hemsworth has been in has made money. As opposed to... Taylor Kitsch, who is in these two $300 million budget films and they don't even make half. Fuck. John Carter, roughly around $300 million budget, I think it made $100 million. I didn't think it was that bad. Well, we talked about that. Yeah. Uh, do, 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 it. I'm not doing it. No. Oh, um, you know, then, he, then Battleship again, do another battle. 200 plus million budget. I don't even think that made its money back. Oh, 40 something like that. 150. Um, yeah, no. Taylor Kitsch, he's got a bad rap for the movies that he's in. At least Chris Hemsworth. You know what? His movies has, have made money. It's, I don't. It's, it's a, I, I don't want to say. I don't want to count the MGM ones because they were shelved for so long. It's almost like they were cursed before Battleship they even made, were released. Made a total of sixty-five million dollars. Fuck! I thought it made over a hundred. No. What was the budget on that? Was it about two hundred? Uh two hundred million. Yes. Oh my god! Didn't even do half that. Well, you know that's what you fucking get for revolving a movie around a fucking board game. Yeah. My, my, you know what? One, one film we did not mention when we were talking about uh, games turned into movies was Clue. I love the movie Clue. I, Again, I, I maybe it's from my childhood. I just have a soft spot for that movie. You know, when I watch it now, it's a very clunky film as far as uh, direction and, and pacing, but it still has some great lines and a whole cast of just excellent comedic actors. Oh, yeah. It's just all stars. That's, that's what saves the film. And then John Carter uh, was $250 million and made $73 million. Wow. And that's, uh, I think that holds the record for quickest to DVD and Blu-ray. I wouldn't, I wouldn't believe it. I wouldn't buy I'm it. I'm pretty sure that holds the record. Yep. It, was, it came out in March and was on DVD and Blu-ray, I, I want to say, beginning of June. And he, isn't he in that new now, uh, Savages? Yep. Oliver Stone film. Which, I don't know. He's hit or miss. It looked that that movie that, looks interesting enough that's that it our might house. be good. That's our yeah. house, and that's his money back. So yeah, but yeah, again, these huge budget films. It's really you're just gambling on what audiences are willing to buy because, I mean, as stupid as those films were, Prometheus just as dumb, um, and that didn't even do that well. But uh, I, I'm, that's not a bad, that's a bad example. I mean, Avatar again. That's a bit different monster, but. I mean, you're really rolling the dice with these big budget films to see if anybody's in the mood for the explosions. I mean, uh, 2012 didn't do that poorly, did it? Uh, 2012 is on par with 2011. They were hoping that it would be a no, little no. bit more. No, no, the movie 2012. You mean 20... What? 2012. You mean the... What am, I, what am I confusing? The one with John Cusack? Yeah. That was 2012, wasn't it? 2012. 2012, yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, no, that one did well. That that yes. had a good. That did. Uh, I think it was 60 million its opening weekend. Uh, and that, but that film only cost. Uh, it didn't cost much either. It was under 100 no, million. No, 
That was two hundred million. That was two hundred million budget. Twenty twelve was two hundred million. Yep, that was a lot of special effects. I, there. I thought that was a. They were trying to go low on that. I, mean, I don't know what they tried. I've been Even out of that the fucking one, game. I mean, yeah. I mean, do we want to do? I, uh, do we want to do the top ten real quick? Just get that out of the way. Let's just get out of the way and call it. Um, I'm just curious if any, yeah. any of the. What was the last big budget film that actually made its money back? Because uh, 2012 didn't do well, dick. Well, the event, the Avengers, was yeah, 200, 250 million. That that made 1.4 billion worldwide. I mean, that's Prometheus it, just it, broke even. Just yeah. broke even. As a matter of fact, the Avengers made back its budget almost in its first weekend because it made 200 million or 207 million. Which, by mm-hmm. the way, I think they accounted 30 to 40 million of that weekend to 3D. Oh sure, I mean that's that's a big fucking chunk to go to three. But that wasn't the Avengers was only. Um, do I have the right one? That was converted to three D too, because Joss Whedon he didn't want to do it in three D, and then of course they talked them into it. I'm looking at the wrong Avengers. You're talking looking at the Sean Connery film. Yeah, I was like the budget's kind of low on that one. No, it was two hundred twenty million. Yeah, no, they yeah. they and and, and, yeah. and again, that's my theory of why it's called Marvel's The Avengers. Is because they already had a film with Sean Connery called The Avengers. I think it's just Marvel being a dick. Mm, well, you know what? A little column, little bit from column A, a little bit from column B. I'm sure. Yeah. All right. Let's do the top. Ten. This is going to be for August 17th through 19th. Right. Starting off at number 10, Total Recall, the remake, $3.5 million. I'm dying to see. Cost $125 million. I didn't think it cost that much just because it's such a, it's the middle of August release. I didn't think they spent Mm. that kind of money. Uh, It's made $51 million Mm. so far, so it's not going to get anywhere near its budget. European or I should say foreign market will do it. The number nine film is Diary of a Wimpy Kid Dog Days with 3.8 million. They are smart with their budgets on all of these Wimpy Kid films. 22 million, it's already made 38. The number eight film is Hope Springs with 9.1 million. No budget, but it's made 35 so far. Hope Springs is the one with Tommy Lee Jones and... Yeah. um, Meryl Streep and Steve Carell is the you know the uh, their psychiatrist or therapist or whatever you fuck want to call them. Yeah, romantic comedy. Uh, the number seven film is The Odd Life of Timothy Green with ten point nine million, no budget. It's made a, fifteen million so far. That's a weird one. Yeah, that you know, should have been. I have. House. I got a bone to pick with with that film. Now that one is about these two these two adults that can't have kids. So she right. wishes for a kid. It's like, please, please, I want to be able to have a child. Oh no, that's not what happens. I saw the trailer, sir. What happens is these two, these two, in uh, in trying to console themselves, one night in, in kind of a drunken reverie, uh, they they pretend that they've already had the kid, and they go on and they they start making up the whole life history of this child, kind of like, kind of like, um, uh, who's afraid of Virginia Woolf, but not creepy. And they go through this whole thing, and then they they put all these achievements for this child, this entire this 
this fake child's life history and they bury it and then the next day the kid grows out of the ground. That's they don't happens. wish for the child. Yeah, they don't wish for the child. I, I think you got a skewed uh, synapsis there. Uh, they, but it happens based on their hopes and dreams for what they would have wanted of a child if they had had one. Well, you know what? My bone, the my bone, the bone I still have to, to pick with it is the fact yes. that they, they want this kid or they do what you say where they, they yeah. give all these achievements. Well, the kid comes out, what, a 12-year-old, 11-year-old? Yeah. Yeah. They don't have to deal... They don't have to fucking deal with dirty diapers. Yeah, they don't no. have to deal with waking up five times in the middle of the night to feed the that's, damn thing. That's because it's they a don't perfect ha- child. They don't have to deal with the terrible twos, which I am currently going through right now. Sounds like they did it right to me. They don't have to deal with the first day of school. Yeah. I'm just saying. Lucky bastards. I'm just, I'm just saying. I'm just fucking saying. I think they should all come like you that. Fucking, you fucking, you get, well, you know what? It'd be great. But that's not yeah. how it fucking works. That's why it's a movie and not real life. No fucking shit. I'm just I'm saying. Mr. Mr. All, all I'm saying. I'm, all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. I know. It's like, oh, we want a kid. Here's a ten-year-old. Wow, we have to do so much little work. Now, Dark Knight Rises. I'm gonna jump in here and and mm. sidetrack this 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 angry rant. Well, that's of yours. the number six film, The Dark Knight Rises, with 11.1 right. million. In, in May, it's four hundred and nine cost two fifty. And what's this, the fourth week it was out? Uh, it is the fifth week. Fifth week. And mm-hmm. I tell you, the theater I went to, I went uh, uh, Saturday matinee, right. full theater. Not, full not theater. jam-packed, but I would say, you know, like 80, 75% full. Yeah. Well, you know why it's not closer to $500 million right now? Because it ain't fucking 3D. Good. You know, they're yeah. not making an extra 2 to $5 more per ticket sold. Mm-hmm. There aren't enough IMAXs to really push the uh, the total gross, you know, into the fucking hemisphere. Yeah. If this was a 3D film, expect realistically, expect this film much closer to 500 million at this point. Seriously. But it's, but it's doing quite well at uh, 400 million right now. 409 million. You know what? I would, I would guess that it's going to get close to 500 in its overall run. Okay, um, I I do think more people. I think it'll. It's got legs, and I think and and I think it, I mentioned yeah. this before. The reason why it has legs is is because of the the shooting that did happen. I think what? some. Can I finish? No. Can I finish? Too, too soon. I'm just. What? what? I'm not what? saying it was a good thing that it happened. No, how does that give it legs? Well, can I fucking finish, please? I, I didn't stop you. You kind of are, because you're just flabbergasted that I, I s- said that. Listen, I've told you not to say some things as your lawyer, and you know what? The, this this the, It doesn't even come close. It doesn't. I'm just surprised at you. Go ahead. All right. Opening weekend. Opening weekend. The Obviously, the tragedy in Aurora, Colorado. Um... It was uh, James Holmes. He shot yes. the theater, killed what you know, whatever it was, twelve people, injured fifty plus. Well, it happened at the midnight showing. Yeah. Okay. So it's not like it happened Friday or Saturday or Sunday night after its opening weekend. It happened literally at the midnight showing. It freaked everybody out. 
So much, in fact, that it was actually, The Dark Knight Rises was actually predicted to make closer to $200 million. Uh-huh. Because they were saying, you know, will it break the Avengers record and all that shit? Yeah. Well, what it ended up doing was about $40 million less than that. Uh-huh. And, you know, in its upcoming weekends as well, it was second weekend was expected to do closer to $100 million. It actually did only 60 Third weekend, it was expected to do somewhere around 65 70 million, only did 35 40. So, what I'm saying is, as the story, you know, because the news reported on it constantly oh, Batman midnight shooting, Batman, Batman, Batman. They just constantly were talking about Batman and the midnight shooting. Okay? It wasn't just that there was a shooting in a movie theater, they just kept mentioning fucking Batman. And yeah. of course, the news. The scumbags that they are. I feel like this should be for the Strangers podcast. But anyway, yeah. the news, the scumbags that they are, they just, oh, kept, they just kept fucking pushing it and pushing it and pushing it to the almost to the point of fear-mongering. And I think in a lot of ways it was fear-mongering. So what I'm getting at is the reason why I think the film has legs. I know, this is a long way around the fucking yard. Uh, the reason why it has legs is because as the story died down, because you don't hear about it anymore, very few and far between, people forget and they people that weren't going to the theater to see the movie to begin with are now going to see it and people that might not have seen it once you know originally now seen maybe a second time you, you get what i'm going at with this or are you just gonna stare at me all weird and uh, i get what you're saying i just don't agree i'm just i'm saying i think the film has legs because no, legs people were 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 fear mongered into not seeing the movie, and now that the story is gone, people have forgotten about it. And anyone that was sitting on the fence about seeing it because they were paranoid about going are now going again. So that's why I think in its fifth week, the film is still making eleven, you know, twelve, thirteen million dollars, and I think it'll continue to do that for another four or five weeks. I think it's going to be. You know, in the you know five to ten million range for another four or five weeks. Yeah, uh, but I totally disagree. Why? I think yeah, they, they took a hit no, because I, and, ne- well, no, no. I, I do. I that's I'm I'm telling you. I think it has legs because. No, you just said that. What I'm saying is yeah. I disagree with you. I think that it did take a hit in the initial weekend, obviously, because there was a, a national news story about a shooting at it. And I think that t- that's why it did less than it should have on the f- opening weekend. But I think the reason it has legs has nothing to do with that. It just has to do with the fact that it has a great word of mouth. It's a good movie. Well, that always helps. Well, that's that's why it has legs. I, I don't mm. think it's, it has legs well, because it, it, people well, that were... Even if the film sucked, it's still a Batman film. It's still a summer blockbuster. People are going to see it anyway. They, they don't need to be told, hey, it's great. You should go see it. They know that it's probably going to be good. And they're going to see it no matter what. But what all I'm saying... No, that, that's not it. I'm it telling is. you, they're going to they're gonna see it no matter what. Whether it's opening weekend and then feared into not seeing it because, oh, there's this crazy guy and copycat this and copycat that, which the news just kept reporting. All right, they, they, your they local kinda... news, your local news reporting that not CNN, yeah. you know, not Fox News, you know, not MSNBC, uh, none of those, you know, shit that that people that don't want to watch shit like that watch your local news. Well, you know, the Batman this and the shooting of this, and there could be copycats, and they put extra security in the New York theater, uh, you know, the, the Lowe's uh, New York theater, Sony New York theaters. It's I'm telling you, people that were sitting on the fence. The story dies down. They forget about it. They feel more comfortable going back. They're now seeing it, and people are just every single week. 
more and more people are seeing it. That's why it's going to be shown into October. I, I disagree. I, 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 well, you can I disagree. Disagree. I mean, no I know. One, yeah. no, no one knows if I'm right or you're right. I'm just saying what I'm saying. I do. Saying I'm saying. right. You're not. You're not. You're not right. No, it, 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 it had an initial impact on the weekend, but you're not going to have someone six weeks ago go, oh, well, I guess it's safe to see the Batman now. I mean, that, that, only last, that was only going to last you know, a week. You like, to, you like to think that, like what you're saying is, is true. You know, just... That's what you like to think. And no, I, I gain think... no comfort by that. I just, I just don't see that as being a reason that people are going to wait six or eight months to watch a film. And if six or eight I, months, honestly, no, I, that, that's not what I'm saying. I'm talking no, two or three right. weeks. I, I'm saying anybody who's not going to go see the film because of that isn't going to go see it later because they're stupid to begin with, and they're they're too easily swayed. It, that's why they took their initial hit because some people maybe didn't get out, but. I don't see that as being the reason why further down the line, six to eight weeks, we're talking the film having legs. I don't see the film four weeks, five weeks, six weeks later, still getting stragglers who were afraid to see it earlier. I don't see that. Why? I think and it has I, legs. I, because I, it's, don't, I don't think you're, I don't think you're kind of getting, you're saying. I, I, no, there is a, there is a lot of people that watch the local news and take it as fucking gospel. And all I'm saying is if the local news says there's the chance of a copycat, there are people that aren't going to go. And then the are, same people, when the news isn't reporting that anymore, and it's you know out of their mind's eye, will then feel comfortable comfortable about going back to the film. Now I'm not even saying I mean that that's any movie, but specifically The Dark Knight because that's where the, obviously the shooting happened. That's all. I, I, listen, I think it's a minority. I don't think it. Listen, you know, I was watching. Uh, I was flipping through the channels, and Fox ten o'clock news came on, and they're talking number about number five. Uh, number five on the top ten list. They were talking about the the new film Sparkle, which is the number five film. I'm segueing. You, you, oh, <laughs> good, good, very good. Okay. Yes. I, okay. Uh, the the one reporter, his name I forget his first name, but is something Kelly is it's Kelly's his last name, and he's talking about Sparkle and his exact words were starring Whitney Houston, obviously filmed before her death. Those were his exact words. That's why I didn't go see it. This man reports the fucking news, uh, and gets paid a lot of fucking money to do so. Well, he's he's right. It is obvious. I mean, obviously filmed, she said, starring yeah. Whitney Houston, obviously filmed before her death. I find no fault with that statement. It's 100% accurate. Make $12 million, cost 14 It's opening weekend. Obviously filmed before her death. Yeah. Just, 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 the, 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 I think that brings home my whole point with the, with the Dark Knight Rises. I, I disagree, just but the news the, is just stupidity on another level. Well, that's that's uh, the, the yeah. campaign. The number four film is the campaign with thirteen point three million. Obviously, filmed before it was released. Obviously, obviously made fifty one million so far in its second week. There's no budget. Uh, you know what? I'm I'm guessing the budget's going to be high because it's Will Ferrell and Galifianakis, and they're both getting top dollar these days. But I mean, what, when you say what, high, fucking... hundred million. Uh, maybe not that high, maybe, oh. maybe 60 to 80. 
Mm-hmm. I, I think that's high for a comedy. I mean, the other guys, that was $100 million. Right. That's a lot of money for a fucking comedy. That, to me, that's, that's as big a risk as a blockbuster when you make a $100 million comedy. Yeah. Kind of like Evan Almighty with uh, Steve Carell. That was almost cost almost two hundred million. Mm-hmm. It bombed. I mean, that's that's as so. big a gamble. Uh, the number three film is Paranorman with fourteen million in its opening weekend, no budget. Now it's in Which, animated or stop motion. Stop motion animated. Uh, you know what? It's getting good reviews all around. I mean, this is the type of film that you would expect around Halloween, but Halloween is so stacked these days uh, that they're releasing it now. Here's my problem. Well, I got two problems with the film. Uh-huh. One, it's a blatant rebuff of Odd Thomas. The uh the novels by Dean Koontz. Okay. And second, uh it's it's the final nail in the coffin. Why do you have a problem with that though? I, I do. It's a movie. I it's, I still have a problem with it, just on a basic uh level. And my other problem with it is it's the final nail in the coffin of the zombie uh genre for me. When you're making animated zombie films, I, I'm I'm done. That's it. No more. Done. Zombies are not, done. Not not for a while. I mean, it. You know what? For me, zombies. For me, I'm just. That's it. I'm. I'm 100 finished with it. I'm tired of it. Uh, I used to be a big zombie fan. This has killed it for me. Literally killed it for me. When you make when you're making cutesy zombie cartoons, mainstream like big budget Disney com- cartoons. Done. <laughs> I did. You really? You're done with zombies? I, I I'm I'm just. Dead fucking tired. Uh, Zack Snyder says I'm doing Dawn of the Dead too. He better he better give it a couple years because I'm it's uh, saturation point has been reached. You're officially in the mainstream. The, you're officially in the mainstream. Zombies are 100 percent mainstream now. You're selling living dead brain eating zombies to fucking well, yeah. kids. And again, when the fucking news is saying some homeless guy on bat salts eats some dude's face and calls it a zombie attack, you're right. I'll agree with you on this. You're absolutely right. Saturation point is at an all-time high. Yeah. And I... I, Because I like The Walking Dead, whereas you don't, I, I, I still like zombies at this point. I don't watch enough television to hate zombies yet. I just don't watch enough television, period. I'm saying anything. All literature television it's in the fucking cartoons now it's I, i'm surprised there's not a zombie breakfast cereal uh it's just i'm just done and and we were going so fast and i was so desperate to get you off the goddamn dark knight rises that i didn't get the save for sparkle that i was assuming that was the next twilight sequel so i'm upset now you shouldn't be because you just shouldn't be <laughs> uh number t- number two the number two film is the born legacy with 17 million uh, it's made sixty nine. It, wow, it cost one hundred and twenty five million. Mm. I think that's the most expensive one yet, and that's also a gamble because there's no Matt Damon. And they go through great lengths, and even in the trailers to say, you know, Matt Damon, uh, you know, Jason Bourne was only the the tip of the iceberg. You know, they they, they go through great lengths to push this character as you know this well, guy sw- makes makes J- Jason Bourne look like a pussy. Well, you're switching characters. You've gotta. You know. Well, that's what I'm getting at. They, they just they had to do that, and of course right. they have to pour it into the commercials too, because they have to make sure you know the casual viewers is like, "Where's Matt Damon? Oh, there's this new guy. He's supposed to be more badass." You know. Yeah. Like well. That. But yeah, you got to do that. I mean. Well, I'm. 
well, what I'm saying is whatever. All right. And the number <laughs> one movie is The Expendables 2 with 28.7 million in its uh, opening week, no budget. Which which is kind of sad. I mean, it's not a lot, it's not a huge amount. I mean, it's not uh, You know what? Yeah. The first one didn't do better than that. Did it? But I'm sure what was the budget on this one though, you know? I mean, no budget. No budget. Yeah, see, so I'm sure the budget on this was bigger than the first one. I guarantee that. Well, they have more more big names in it too. Star presence, yeah. So I think they were expecting bigger and better for that. I found out that Chuck yeah. Norris is 72 years old. Good. That means he's almost. That? That's very he's good. He's almost dead. He's almost dead. Yes. <laughs> uh, the original Expendables. Okay, the original Expendables made 34 million in its opening weekend. Mm-hmm. Made 274 million worldwide. Sure, I, I and this is going to make its money back worldwide no matter what. But I just think domestic, it's not going to do as good as the first one, even though it has a bigger star cast. Because, I mean, the first one the anticipation was huge. This one I watched the trailer and I'm thinking, oh, so it's just every you're just pushing everybody that's in it again. Which I do hear was that this one, the second one is a better made film. I keep hearing that everywhere that it is the, a better movie than the first. Okay, it, you've got Arnold Schwarzenegger and Bruce. Willis driving around in a mini. How how could it not be better? <laughs> you know. So. And that's the top ten list. Well, you know what's interesting too? Yes, that is a top ten list. Uh, Jet Li, he's in this one as well. And in the first one, he was one of the star power actor names. You know, it's you know Stallone, Lee, Statham. You know all that. They didn't right. even mention Jet Li. I didn't even know he was in it till I looked at the cast. He mentions it in just, the trailer I saw. Well, it's just that I think there's so many bigger actors than Jet Li now. Well, sure. Yeah. I mean, And obviously, Jet Li hasn't been in a lot of action films recently. He's known to your action audience, but he's not a main, he's not a household name, so to speak. So right. he's not going to get as big a, a push as Van Damme, since he's actually in this one now. Well, he's so, the fucking villain. Yeah, so that's the, that's a given. But well, yeah, the whole story with Van Damme in the first one is Stallone wanted him in the first film, and then right. Stallone says, uh, "You're going to be in this movie," and Van Damme is like, "Oh, I need to know what my part is. I don't know if I can do it." And Stallone says, "You're going to make a shitload of fucking money. What difference does it make?" And then Van Damme didn't do it, mm-hmm. so now he does it, and this movie isn't going to do as well. It'll do okay, but it won't do a hundred million like the first. Yeah. All right. So, all right, let's do the finger list. Da-da. <laughs> <laughs> All right, starting at number 10 at the bottom is Total Recall, Diary of a Wimpy Kid, Dog Days, Hope Springs, The Odd Life of Timothy Green, The Dark Knight Rises, Sparkle, The Campaign, Paranorman, The Born Legacy, The Expendables 2. Do you want to go first, or do you want me to go first? Sparkle. I'm gonna go Sparkle too. There's no oh, fucking wow, way. Um, really? um, yeah. There's no way I'm watching a movie with Whitney Houston when the cast, the female cast, has come out and said, "If you want to know more about Whitney Houston, and this film kind of almost acts like a documentary about her life, come see this movie." Fuck you. First of all, I, I don't want to see. I don't want to see the movie. Period. Second, I don't want to hear about how they're already talking possible Oscar nominations for Whitney Houston. If that fucking happens, I'm really going to cut my pinky finger off. No fucking way. And you know what's even funnier? They're talking about, oh, she might, you know, get a best supporting actress blah 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 nomination. 
the scene that they showed on the news when they were talking about, oh, it's opening this weekend. She looks at the camera twice in the one scene. Directly at the fucking camera, she looks at it. I'm sorry. You don't get an Oscar nomination if you look at the camera. I, I don't want to see it because it was made after, uh, before she died. <laughs> now, if, if she had started after she died, then I'm uh-huh. in for it. I'm in for the long haul then. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, as long as, you know, you got your priorities straight. Uh, you know, I know what I I know what I like. I know you know what you like. There you go. There you go. <laughs> You're a funny dude. Why? You're f- I don't know. Funny how or funny queer. Mhm. See, that's the difference. I would have went in the Goodfellas. You went in the Sling Blade. That's right. <laughs> I'm a clown. Ah. I'm funny how. I'm here to amuse you. Well, I know I'm here to amuse you. That's why I'm here. I mean, as uh-huh. I am, you know, I'm your fucking sideshow. What do you want? Hey, hey. <laughs> oh, what? Uh, should we go ahead and end this fucking thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's end it. We this, still have, this, uh, this turned. I thought this was going to be a one-hour show because we were literally done with going ape at around the fifty-minute mark. <laughs> well, if, if you hadn't spent twenty minutes on the whole Dark Knight controversy you know we would have been done by now it wasn't that long no not wasn't at that all long. wasn't that long at all no. not at all oh cut it my god man. all right thank you for joining us for yet another episode of movie sucktastic episode 82 82 yes word too. Uh, coming up, coming up next next episode, we'll be reviewing heavy metal and the '80s the f- animated features, heavy metal, and my widescreen monitor, motherfucker, and uh, what's the name of it? Rock and roll. Rock and roll. That's right. And we'll probably talk about heavy metal 2000. Uh, I'm not. A- I'm not. Oh, you're not gonna watch it? No, well, I'm gonna watch three movies now. I hey. Hey, okay. I'll try. Right. I'll try. I'll try. I mean, to watch you know what? Metal. We could do heavy metal right now. Do yeah, we, right. Do, you know, do you really need to watch it? We we could do it right now. You're right. I really don't need to watch it. I watched it 500 times as a kid. I know the film forward and backwards. We. I so, I could do rock and roll right now. I could do see, both rock, these movies right now. Rock and roll. I need a refresher on, and I've never seen heavy metal two. So maybe watch rock and roll and heavy metal two thousand. I'll do that, but I'll also, also see if I can snag up my heavy metal and, and refresh myself. Okay. I can play that in the background. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I, I could quote every other line from heavy metal right now. Absolutely. Anyway. All right. So if you want to get in touch with us, you can. You can leave us voicemail at 908-514-4470. You can email us. I'm not repeating it again. You can email us at themovieguys at moviesucktastic.com. You can download all of our episodes on iTunes or from our website for free. You can leave us reviews at iTunes. You can also listen to us uh, through Stitcher, through any of uh, your smartphones or your iPad or even in your fucking car if you got that too. What are you doing? Nothing. Obviously. Um, you're on video. You're still on video. You know, I know. I don't know. Okay. I don't know what that is. It's just weird. And if you're anyway, listening to this, anyway. if you're listening to this podcast, and you want to see the video and see what I'm doing. Go to livestream.com/slash 
movie Stucktastic and catch our, our our recent videos of our podcasts. That's right. And as a matter of fact, we just got approved to be a, a live stream channel, which means we will show up in search results when people look for things through live stream. Whereas before, we didn't even exist. We just were right. there. Now people can actually find us. And we need to find a place I can put my my 26 minute edit of the happening because YouTube will not display it and I'm having no luck putting it on our blog website. Well, you know where we can put it? Live stream? We can put it on live stream. If you send me the file, I can live stream it and then it'll be permanently on the server. Six minutes too long for Facebook. I can't even put it on our Facebook page. So I'll have to put it on the live stream. So Facebook still is a 20 minute limit? Yep. When we did our bad movie day, uh, I did a montage last year that had all the films and um when i did that last year 20 minutes and eight seconds it wouldn't even give me the leeway of eight seconds no you can't put it up right but anyway all right we're in soft music now so that usually means that we've just been blabbering a little too long you have any wisdom for us should i stop asking uh what wow that, that's kind of no, no no i know i'm just saying this am i not no, listen not that you don't have wisdom more or less that am i annoying you every week by no asking you to and actually some wisdom? I'll, I'll give you some non-smart app wisdom too if you're in a movie theater and your film breaks or the lights don't go down properly or it's out of focus for a couple minutes whatever it is if it if it if, it, if you have any kind of difficulties while you're in a movie theater that um messes up your viewing experience be sure to go to the office afterwards and ask for free passes any decent respectable uh movie theater chain will with no questions asked give you free passes because you uh your viewing pleasure was interrupted you were inconvenienced so did you get your free movie passes hell yeah and they're good for like imax or 3d as well i highly recommend if you have a rave cinema near you go to there go to it they're clean and efficient and nice and the management is top on I de- definitely rave. So the night that we went to go see Saw 6, where we paid $14 a ticket at the fucking mall where the film right. broke, and yeah. They gave a ba- shit. Com- yeah. Come back next week. This is good till, you know, whenever. Just come back next week. Complete bullshit. What? We you can't give me bullshit. something right now? They should have had no, it. I got can't. I- yeah, that's, that's a bad theater, bad management. Actually, if you get that, if, they, if you have any trouble getting free passes when you're viewing it, pleasure has been superseded by a break or uh, a, the wrong lens or a focus or anything like that c- contact the uh, the head of the chain go over their heads and get that management in trouble because you th- it is policy at any decent theater to give you free passes we should we should have done that because you know the film did break and we were inconvenienced and all that bullshit and I don't you know, know why we go was there to say, move. hey, you know, how about our money back? Or you know what? We're not even asking for our money back. We're asking for a free pass, which is nothing to you. You're going to make five times that on our concession anyway. They give you any shit about free passes? Demand your money back. And if you have any trouble after that, you know, ask ask who to contact as far as like the chain manager goes. And let them know that you're going to carry that over the, the the theater manager's head you will see results because that's not acceptable in any theater and they know that all right perfect wisdom thank you very much we'll talk to you next week take it easy bye-bye